Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your hustle and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kulsek, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Uh, Noel, this week, heading into our week in TV, we're going to be, once again, using the melodious tones and and and, and song stylings of Amber Ruffin at the Amber Ruffin Show. Uh, and the song this week is, like, a year later, I'm still terrified of COVID or Corona mm-hmm. or something like that. That's the mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And uh, ask me... Besides our general reasons for loving Amber Ruffin songs and such, why that is such an appropriate pick for today. Why is that such an appropriate pick for today, Kate? Because you know what I did today as we record, Noel? I went to the DMV. (laughs) So I was at the DMV today with my double mask because we've been doing since the variants and stuff. We've been in in, in the Kulsica Bunker. We've been doing the N95s. We bought, mm-hmm. we bought like a you know a bag of those and we did N95s with the cloth masks. So I was there and, and like in Illinois, at least by they're, they're currently finally working on a pilot program to have it where you like sign up for an appointment time and then come back for the time, right? Instead of having mm-hmm. a massive line. But the trouble is at the DMV place I was going to, that I had to go to, you there was no way to know that you weren't supposed to call. And one person that we called was like, yeah, no, we have to transfer you to that. And so then they transferred us to that DMV who then did not answer the call and immediately hung up on us. And then we called back and they're like, oh, no, you have to go in person to register for an appointment that same day. So then we get there. Sure. That that all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get there at the we get there at like 845 and the first available appointment is at three. (laughs) So, like, it was just, it was a whole saga. They they did a great job. You know, the people there were, were great. It was a little confusing and stressful and, like, figuring out what was happening. But, like, once you actually got in and you were waiting and it was very, everybody was really great and everything at the DMV. But it was by far the most number of people I have been around, even though everybody was very spaced Right. Yeah. And everybody had masks and everything. Because normally you're at like the, you know, like maybe the grocery store and you're moving, right? You're like getting your thing and getting out, right? And this was not the case there. So it was just like I was just looking around at all the breathers. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yay. <laughs> I was looking forward to not doing this. I just realized I was gonna have to get the real ID thing in Illinois at some point during this, during all of this. So I figured I should just get it rip off the bandaid and get it done while we're currently in a bit of a dip with the, sure. the things. So that's why I did that today. But let's just say that the Amber Ruffin song was really speaking to me today. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. That makes total sense. Have you, have you had any similar year, a year later coronavirus still scares me moments or not recently? Not recently. I haven't been inside a store for a long time, at least since like maybe November or December. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I haven't. I since I since I have to take bus everywhere. I haven't been on a bus since March, last March, not this March, but last March. Uh, which means like I can't go to the DMV or anything. Um, ironically, like your story about the DMV and everything reminds me that 
I had planned to make an appointment to also get my real Washington ID because Washington has the same thing of their IDs don't meet, meet federal standards. And thus you need a different kind of Washington enhanced ID to meet federal standards if you want to use your ID to fly out of the state. And I had was planning to do that actually like the week that everything locked down it was to make my appointment to go do that because I had time. And then I have not gone back to do that. And they've postponed it, I think, yet again into 2022, mm-hmm. uh, because this October was supposed to be the, if you don't have it, yeah. you're not allowed to leave the state um, deadline. And I think they've postponed it yet again to 2022. Um, but I have to look. I need to check that because, yeah, I don't know. But Yeah, well, and also it's a bunch of bullshit. Like the things yes. you are required to have, it's like insane. It's like, if I can yeah. fly with my passport, why is my passport not enough to get me this real ID? Like, I don't, this is stupid. Like, oh man. And some of the people there who are at the, like, thought they had the stuff they needed and waited and like everything. And then like, they got to the first person checking. They're like, no, I'm sorry. This won't count. This is, you need to get like, this is last year's registration. You need this year's registration, that kind of stuff. And just finding like things that were listed as an official acceptable document. Like one of the things was like an insurance statement, like of your policy. So I brought showing listeners. I'm showing Noel. I brought as one of my things, my, Benefit book with That's- my name and my address from Blue, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like a fit. Like what else do they mean by that? But that didn't count. I had no, some extra. That does not count. No, because you can get that anywhere. See, but then why did they say that you should should bring as one of your options your insurance statement? Because that's like, not a statement. That's a statement. book. No, no, no. It's this. It's the benefit. It's the list of benefits. They said the yeah, statement but not, of benefits. It's, it's not your policy statement, though. What's a policy statement? It's a whole other different document. Well, then if this thing that lists all of my benefits, like everything that's in my policy, isn't my policy statement, then what is a policy statement? You'll have to ask Blue Cross Blue Shield. I don't know. Is this information readily available on the website? Of course not. But I was able to use my vote by mail ballot, which, (laughs) and the lady was not sure about that. And I had to ask somebody else like, yes, that's official government mail. I was like, it better damn well be. So I was feeling- Extra, I was like, I'm bringing this, and I had a 10.99 and a W two, and like, one of the guys was like, one of the levels of screening to make sure you had your stuff was like, oh, this will work. Use a 10.99 and the W two, and then the other person they're like, can't use the 10.99. You can use the W two. Like, it was just bring way too much stuff, guys. Yeah, no, you should you should always bring twice as much what you need when you're trying to get something certified. This yeah. is this is I kid you not the main reason why I still get at least one bill by mail and pay with it with a check mm-hmm. um so that I have some sort of physical record of it still. Like a canceled check. I'm like in order to cancel a check, I need to write the check, submit it, have it be canceled and get it back. Like And sometimes you don't always get that check back. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Oh, gosh, I, I still actually pay with that with a check. That one bill I get, I pay with it with a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's just, it's a whole thing. Anyways, th- that was my excitement for, you know, the month, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this I, I had a very different uh, set of excitement entertainment-wise this week. Because at the end of the show this week, we are talking about The Muppet Show. So it was a very Kermit... <laughs> And Fozzie and Miss Piggy. It was a very Muppety kind of week. So that does a lot to like, at least I was entering that stressful atmosphere. 
from a place of supreme chill and uh and pleasant uh like reflection you know so yeah. thank you to the muppet show for that that's gonna be coming at the end of the show how you know obviously you're the reason we're doing the. i hadn't really seen the muppet show you're the reason we're doing the muppet show uh how was that this week revisiting are you excited to talk about it i'm so excited to talk about it and yeah i i i love the muppet show so i was very excited to go back and watch it for the first time in a long time and it was just really nice and yeah i forgot i kind of forgot just how stupidly good this show is like i legitimately forgotten how just ridiculous this show is um in terms of how good it is so yeah. i'm very excited that's coming at the end of the show uh but for now let's listen to that ember rough and jam uh and we'll be right back with our week in tv you would have on me I never had you baby I never had you once it's true yet the thought that I someday might controls every single thing that I do I'm still scared of you baby you still bring me to tears we've only been together for 12 months but baby it feels like 20 years with tears in my eyes it's no surprise down on my knees to say I was scared of you a year ago and I'm still scared of you today that was Amber Ruffin a la Bruce Springsteen uh on this week's Amber Ruffin show um this week in tv we're going to kick things off with the flash premiere came back for season seven with all's well that ends wells then we have WandaVision previously on, which is the penultimate episode. Uh, Superstore had Depositions. DuckTales has The Lost Cargo of Kit Cloud Kicker. Then we have Drag Race, Lockdown Super Sheroes, and Drag Race, and, and that was for the UK. And then there's also going to be the Corona Special at Drag Race. I will also briefly and spoiler-free do a little teasing about Snatch Game, which is coming up this week. But we'll round out the week with Queen Sugar, late April 2020. So uh, first is The Flash, All's Well That Ends Wells. And this, I think, is okay as a premiere. I think it would have been much better as a penultimate episode of season six, which is what it was intended to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a good premiere. Um, in no small part because I kind of don't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very long time. And I've forgotten a lot about what was happening in this um, in this arc. But yes, no, this is this has all the trappings of and penultimate episode down to there are no more Wellses except Tom Cavanaugh's still shooting and filming the show so, and they've yeah. confirmed that he's back in some capacity because that's just what they do every season is what's Tom Cavanaugh going to do this year? We got uh, Harrison Orson Wells this time. Oh God, that was great. Even though it was a terrible Wells and Orson Wells impression. Yeah. Um, it, was it doesn't solid. really matter. It, was, it, was, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, so I think that this is a lot of, like, place-setting type of stuff for the finale, down to the finale, air quotes, the finale of this arc until we actually start Season 7 proper, um, with Top's new abilities that we haven't even hinted at before, 
Um, suddenly they come roaring to the forefront. I'm sure they won't play an important role in the finale in some way, shape, or form. I bet not. I'm sure the the level up we get for Camille, Camille uh, just, just doesn't won't come up at all. Not even a little. <laughs> nope, not even a little bit. Um, but for me, the two reasons I think to kind of enjoy this episode is, one, they let Grant Gustin play all the wells. And yeah. that's really enjoyable. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the highlight of the whole thing for me was him doing all the different Wells's. Um, even down, his Harry was really good. Yeah, um, he was a lot better than I anticipated on that. Uh, yeah. Because frankly, Kavanaugh is only okay at it sometimes. Like, it's always fun, but like, it, there's definitely stronger and weaker ones. But I thought that G- Gustin did a really fun job with that and like i don't mm-hmm. know how if i want to see a longer term version of it but like for an episode i thought it worked really well yeah no it's really good and he finds a lot of like facial inflection to differentiate them which i thought was really really important since he was mostly either laying down <laughs> for when he was a wells or um just very much like he was sure sure woke <laughs> yeah sure <low. laughs> um and then nash Dying, disintegrating was kind of affecting. It would be more affecting if even prior to watching this, I didn't know that, well, Kavanaugh was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a nice little moment. Or if we liked Nash. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Or if I don't you don't really dislike like Nash. Nash, but just yeah. like, you know. He doesn't really leave an impression. So, no. yeah, no. So ultimately, it was very much just a fine penultimate episode that was kind of raised by the fact that Grant Gustin was very good in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's such a penultimate episode that Cisco and Galen aren't even in it, <laughs> and they didn't bother to write them back in. So... Nope. Yeah. Yep. Just pretended. Yeah. Um, though, I will say that the other thing about this that I like him absorbing all the Wellses kind of helps explain him getting... Spoiler, I guess, for folks. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, they've announced that he's going to get his... Uh, that he's going to have speed thinking uh-huh. finally, which is one of those underutilized Barry Allen powers. Um, but having all the Wells in his brain, basically like as like particles, I just, Oh, that's how they're going to do that. That's kind of fun. Mm. I'm guessing that's how they're going to do that, but I'm excited about speed thinking, but I'm also like, you couldn't have given him speed thinking two or three seasons ago with the thinker <laughs> details. Details. details yeah whatever it's, uh, they got there they got there um our next penultimate episode is wandavision with previously on and yeah. this episode was one like I, I i have some thoughts about it mostly sure. because of the discourse which right we will hopefully mostly sidestep but the discourse around the line is really dumb yeah. It's it's a lovely, beautiful line and yeah. beautifully delivered, really well played. It's a culmination of a of a very touching scene. Um and listeners, if you aren't watching WandaVision, the line is what is grief but love persisting or persevering, something like persevering, that. Persevering, if not yeah. love persevering, yeah. Yeah, which is absolutely it, it lands so gracefully and so beautifully. It's Bettany crushes it, Olsen crushes it, the like it's this, this this very beautiful poignant moment, and so of course, on Twitter, uh, somebody, uh, some different people were commenting, like you know, really get that it really lands, like it's like a oh, kind of take your breath out of your you know, punch you in the gut there, kind of a kind of a line where you're just like oh man, and so some writers were talking about how like watching that and just going like, 
damn it. <laughs> and also like, oh, that's so good. But also like, well, I'm going to throw out this script I've been working on because they did in one line what I've been struggling to do on 120 pages. Um, and then that, of course, immediately led to people saying, oh, well, the, imagine if you actually watched anything that's good and what is high art, low art, and where is their value in art. And it's just really dumb. A line can be a great line in any type of entertainment. And it can be meaningful and it doesn't have to be the most profound thing that's ever been a thing to be impactful. And it's like, yeah, this is really obvious and dumb. It's like, well, okay. I'm glad that you don't like things. Good for you. Bye-bye. <laughs> the rest of us are going to sit here and appreciate that a show didn't think that's nice. Um, at least that's how I felt about it. Did you, did you have any thoughts on the discourse or the line? I mean, I like the line. And I think it makes sense contextually with where both of them are. Yeah. Um, in that flashback, um, because my partner and I actually watched Ultron immediate Age of Ultron immediately after this episode, um, because my partner had never seen Ultron before. And listeners, by the way, Age of Ultron still really good, it's just like top ten Marvel. No, I'm I'm not joking. It's like top ten Marvel. <laughs> um, I for me. I have not rewatched recently because I don't like it, but like. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Please continue. No, going on. Um, so uh, that line was like really kind of bouncing around in my head when we watched Ultron. And you've got to think about how she's lost Pietro. She's lost Sokovia to a certain extent. He's lost Ultron, which is a very weird place for him to be, Vision to be, since Ultron sort of half created him along with Jarvis, along with Tony, along with uh, Bruce. And so, and the life stone and all that sort of stuff. So I think that there was a lot like baked into that line that I think really, really works. And it also really speaks to how Vision behaves in Ultron of this very kind of wide view of the span of human existence because of the power he's imbued with by the life stone. Um, Is it the mind stone? Everything I just said, apply mind stone to it because I was wrong. <laughs> um so everything with the mindstone he's got that like bird's eye view that like that celestial being view almost of things and it's all both new and very old already really so i think the line works um the discourse around it is really stupid i think um one of the things that i really kind of struggled with was your point about the high and low culture and the taste culture type stuff um someone sent my friend danielle sent me a tweet about one of the things being like uh, but you know it's melodrama and the implication was with baked into that tweet and i'd have to find the full text of it was that melodrama can't be high art which is just flat, flat yeah. out wrong she's dumb um, <laughs> like it's just like have you seen a douglas sir picture have have you um because that's like high art and so i think that there's just a lot of taste culture stuff baked into that um it, is it a cornball line? Yes, but that's okay because it works. So that's how I feel about the line and the discourse around it. Um, how did you feel about this episode as a whole, though? Um, because I do also want to know that they retcon <laughs> Wanda and Pietro's um, parents dying just slightly in this episode compared to what they say in Ultron. But who cares? Because I don't, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, the last thing I'll say about the line is that and then that scene is, first of all, it kind of does a lot of retroactive legwork to get you uh -huh. invested in that relationship. And so if you go back and watch the movie, you'll care more, which is yeah. sort of how I feel about like uh, season three of Children of, uh, Children of Earth, season three of Torchwood. 
I was like, oh, now I care about the characters. Let's go back and watch season one and two again. And now I actually like them. I'm more invested. Kind of a thing. Uh, and also, if you don't remember Ultron and you don't remember the context, it still works really well, too. So congratulations, writers, for threading that needle. Um, but yeah, the rest of the episode I thought was uh, fine. And I think, again, it's a lot of actors doing really good work with some really good writing and some really unfortunate writing. Like, we don't, like, do we really need to hold everybody's hand so completely and so entirely as we walk through her life uh that was a you know it's just so heavy-handed and i would rather watch a version of the show that felt comfortable trusting its audience to infer some of this the way that you, you they do in the first few episodes but we also remember after the first few episodes, we were gaga and lots right. of people were like, it's boring. What is this even about? This is dumb. And so you so get to this episode, it's like, guys, this is what it has clearly all been about the whole time. They're like, yes. oh, it's really deep. So like people, do, and again, I'm not trying to, that came off condescending. People watch things in very different ways with different goals, with different priorities. And that is completely appropriate and fine what it should be. That's what, how we all engage with art. So this is just not an episode that's for me in a yeah. way that the earlier episodes were very much for me. So mm -hmm. I thought that the performances were really good. The I loved the stuff that they gave Han to do. Love the stuff they gave Olsen to do. Um, I think it's going to be interesting seeing how what gets tied together and how the little Easter egg at the end, the, you know, uh, is very telling. So we'll see what happens with that in the finale. Um, and that sort of, you know, unless you have any other thoughts on the episode as a whole, that kind of takes me to the last thing I wanted to check in on, which is I read a theory about, you know, the, so, so Bettany has been talking about getting really very excited about getting to work that an actor he's always wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, people are going to be shocked. It's a big twist and he's very excited about it. And I saw, you know, because people have been speculating, oh, is it going to be Cumberbatch? But like, that seems like, but like, always wanted to work with, that seems like a bit much for Cumberbatch, you know, like, not right. that he's not great, but like, Bettany's been around a long time, you know, that kind of, like, all this different stuff. Um, and then I saw someone who was like, guys, he's very dry. I'm pretty sure he's talking about himself. So, the actor he's always wanted to work with is himself because it's going to be vision versus white vision. And that's, and it's going to be hilarious when everybody goes like, Oh, come on. I thought Tony Stark was coming back or something, you know? Yeah. That's a great, I love that idea. I hope that's what it is. Um, <laughs> it's like epic troll. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, I really hope that's what it is. Um, yeah, because everyone's been theorizing about it, and I've mentioned it as well, but haven't also put anyone forward because they're going to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a. I like that idea a lot. I think that's really great. I, I, I was very excited about White Vision because I thought it was a good way to incorporate that that version of the character, even though it's still Vision, but that version of vision into the into the narrative i thought was really great um yeah no i can see it being i i just i really hope that's true i really hope that's true um because folks it's not going to be john krasinski playing reed richards it's just not no like not please please stop and it's probably not going to be cumberbatch and maybe right at the end maybe yeah but no it's not That'll um, be a post credits tease to yeah. to like get ready for you know the the Doctor Strange two. 
Yeah. And if it is Cumberbatch, then they probably shot it in Atlanta and they shot this finale in whatchamacallit in LA um, mm-hmm. because of the COVID, the pandemic and everything. And um, Cumberbatch has been in Atlanta or in Australia or England. I forget where they're shooting strange. I think in England. Um, so I don't, I don't, when he wasn't shooting Spider-Man because he's in like eight movies for them now. <laughs> Um, because they need a snarky guy with a goatee in all all their movies, yeah. and he's now the snarky guy with the goatee. Snarky so, rich guy with the goatee. Yeah, I don't know if he's rich. He's oh, is he no just, longer rich. I mean, I don't know how much money he had. We had enough money for fancy cars, but he definitely doesn't. Wasn't Tony rich? Yeah, he wasn't Tony rich. He wasn't arms dealer turned <laughs> major stockholder of a company run by run by someone else. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, so that's that's how I feel about the theory stuff. But I like that idea that it's Benny. The episode as a whole, I think, is fine. Um, like you said, Olsen's really, really good in it. Um, I like the, the ways that they build, layer in the television programs into these significant moments. Um, and yeah, so I thought it, I thought it was fine overall. But yeah, also the discourse of like, wait, what is this show about? And then being like, oh, this is what it's about. It's been about grief. I'm just like, wait, I'm confused. Were none of you paying attention? Like, it was very clearly about grief from the from the jump. From the jump. From, wait, my husband's dead. No, he's not. Like, there's something going on, folks. Yeah. Um, and it's reality-bending powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the finale tomorrow. Yeah. Well, there's also just, there's a lot to wrap up and not a lot of time to do it in. So I just don't think there's time to introduce anything new. No. And also have anything approaching a satisfying conclusion to Wanda's story and Vision's story. And like, assuming we're going to like have Vision and White Vision merge and that way Vision can leave the thing and like, we'll see what happens. But like, uh, just wrapping up giving like an act, like who's behind Agnes? Like, Agatha, I hopefully no one. Hopefully she has her own agency because it's way more interesting that way. And we just met her. Yeah, so. and Hans Hans' whole delivery and the writing of wait, how did you learn how to do all this? I've been studying for centuries, and you're just doing all of this. How? How? Why are you naturally better at this than I am? Is just so much resentment that I don't want anyone else to be responsible to be motivating any of this yeah so because they can't go any bigger like you said they just don't have any space for that it needs to be really focused and centralized so i'm really hoping that's what we get yeah well more on this next week when we talk about the finale now let's head over to comedy with superstore and depositions so just like minor kidnapping you know details is it is it really kidnapping if you don't know you're being kidnapped okay (laughs) and then redecorate the space yeah, it doesn't really seem like it's kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode's pretty delightful. I think um, I appreciate how Jonah continues to screw everything up around himself, but also then maybe get a date out of it. Um, but you shouldn't date during the pandemic. Just like try to scale back a little bit, Jonah, because it's not it's it's not it's, it's not a good idea. It's not a great idea. Um, but the other thing about this episode that I was l- both fine with but also disappointed with was the way in which the um the polyamory relationship just broke down immediately um 
I was really kind of disappointed by that, and I was really looking forward to seeing that get a little bit more space to breathe and a little more space to be represented in a way that wasn't creating stress and tension for two of our three people involved, since the other, the third person is a guest star who does not work at the store and thus can only pop up occasionally. Um, that was just really disappointing because I was really looking forward to seeing that relationship have more space, like I said. So while it was funny the ways in which it broke down, down to, well, I'm still going to laser tag, so it's probably best that you not go, um, <laughs> was very amusing, but I was still, I was still a little sad that it just collapsed the way it did. Yeah, well, there's more coming. We're on episode 10 of what, like 16, something like that, maybe? I forget how many they have this season. Yeah. yeah. More on this to be continued. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I also liked very much the stuff with Glenn and his his documentation. Of course, he has a very highly notated calendar with adorable pictures. I don't remember what the pictures were. I assuming, I'm ducks. assuming they're, they're ducks, right? Yeah. There's like kittens, or something ducks. like that. Ducks. Ducks is better. Um, well, speaking of ducks, next we have DuckTales. And the lost cargo of Kid Cloud Kicker. Now, I watched, uh, this is Tailspin, right? This is the Tailspin This is episode. Tailspin, correct. I did watch some Tailspin uh, back in the day, but I don't have much emotional connection to it. And so this episode, especially since I looked up online and realized, oh, there's like three episodes left total, like maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one felt a little bit of like a, and we're going to spend it on this. But it was fine. Yeah. I don't, I never really liked Tailspin very much. Like, I watched all of it um, when I was a kid, but I didn't really like it very much. Part part of this is just I never really had, like, a really strong connection to the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of limits you in enjoying Tailspin, I think, to a certain degree. Um, and for this episode... Wait, there's a Jungle Book connection? Yeah, Baloo is the pilot. It's the same. I just thought it was a different... I didn't realize it was supposed to be the same character. <laughs> Yes, Baloo <laughs> is the pilot. Um, uh, Louie runs a bar um, that's on an okay. island past uh, the town, and Shere Khan is a business tycoon in the city itself, um, ah. who's constantly trying to buy higher for higher or destroy it or whatever. Um, so yes, it's the same characters. They're just pilots and like bartenders. Or, yeah, yes, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, they're supposed to be the same characters. I agree with you that this feels like a weird choice, but this also feels like a choice that was motivated out of, we're going to have more than what we ended up doing. Yeah. And you can see all those marks of, yeah, we're going to really do something with this. And then, oh, they didn't want any more show episodes from, uh, okay, well, we've already done all of this. We can't do anything about it now. Uh, everyone's left. All right. Well, here's this episode, everyone. Because I've, I legitimately feel that way. Like, I don't think that this episode's particularly compelling. It doesn't really do a lot to further the overall narrative because the journal and the relics have become kind of weirdly secondary to what the show has been in its, in the second half of this particular season. So I was kind of just kind of like, this is fine. Adam Polly's really good, but. It just wasn't enough to, like, keep me completely engaged. And I am vaguely disappointed that I'm not going to see what horrible Annihilation-esque monster Don (laughs) Carnage is going to turn into due to the chunk of that stone. Because, for real, the only thing I'm going to legitimately remember about this episode, Kate, is the snail pirate. Because... (laughs) 
will haunt my dreams. Listeners, the sheer amount of body horror in this episode cannot go uncommented upon because it's horrifying. Well, they don't fix them. I kept waiting for everybody to get fixed, no. and then it doesn't happen. No. No, they don't get fixed. That 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 sky pirate is a sky pirate snail hybrid for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's rough. It's rough, rough. buddy. Yeah. Snail probably didn't want to be a pirate either. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any final thoughts on DuckTales? Or if not, I'll head over to Drag Race. No, tell me about Drag Race this week. So over in the UK, we had Lockdown Super Heroes. And what they, this was another design challenge. And what they had to do is they had to design with like stuff you could find around your house during COVID, basically, during lockdown. Um, and the and th- they had, like, it was create your own su- lockdown superhero, su- super Shiro. Uh, and so then they when they walked the runway, they started to walk the runway as their, like, regular real-life persona, right? And then they, like, struck a pose, bolt of lightning, and then their super Shiro kind of took, took their place, and that's what they did. Um, the... Bottom two were the correct bottom two. The right person went home. Uh, the top, the winner was amazing. What, like, the look that the person who won this episode, which I get, I'm staying very vague because of people might not have had a chance to see UK yet. The person who won made an absolutely stunning, uh, like, sort quasi interactive, like, there was an element of movement to it, kind of, uh, like uh, look and like I, you would have thought that they brought it with them. It was really impressive, and really everybody did a good job. The people who did who who were in the bottom um, still had garments that like in a weaker season or in a late like an earlier part of the season when you aren't down to like top five uh, would have been safe. So uh, th- it just speaks to the caliber of queens that we have here at the end of the run of uh, of Drag Race UK because uh, there's only a, like two more episodes maybe uh that that you know this is what they're able to turn out in a day <laughs> in the amount of time that lollary glued some bags to a corset uh you made that you know look similar kind of thing here um so it was it was a you know i always enjoy a design challenge and it was a good lip sync too at the end so um yeah looking forward to the end game for Drag Race UK. I wish I could be looking forward to the end game of regular Drag Race, except that they didn't have an episode and the previous episode was a non-elimination episode. So we, next week, or at least as we record this, you know, tomorrow, this weekend, we are going to have uh, episode nine, episode nine, Noel, of season 13. And there are still nine queens. They started with 13. It's too many. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't want people to go home because they're all actually very talented. And I think they've done a good job this season. Like, people have, overall, their performances have been good. So it's not like there are people that are that are just, like, glaringly, why are you still here? Yeah. Um, but, at the same, I mean, and also when you add in the element of they had to quarantine completely isolated for two weeks where the, like, the only, like, they talk about in the special, their experiences, quarantining, like, they they're like yeah you get to, you get to the point where you're like looking forward to the sound of the of the folder slipping under the door because that means that that's where your food order is going to be and then you can like if you have any requests you can fill that out like literally that was their only contact with the outside world for two weeks can you imagine to take their phones you can watch TV oh yay non nonstop uh, news <laughs> of COVID uh, and like 
what was it? I think Lala talked about they had HGTV, so she was like, watched. She's like, I could build a house from this from scratch if you need me to, because they're just only watching HGTV the whole time. But um, you know, but when you've gone through all of that to get everybody there, of course they're not excited to send people back. Of course they want to get the most number of episodes they can out of it. Apparently this special was listed on Amazon as season thirteen episode like seventeen, which would imply that there are sixteen episodes this season. Woof. That would make sense. It would make sense with where we're at, but that's a lot. That is a lot more. Like, Drag Race UK usually does 10, for example. Uh, So you know, on the upside, that's some extra money for you, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I guess. And it'll (laughs) likely head right into All Stars 6, but All Stars 6 now on Paramount+. Plus, Not going to be on VH1. Did you miss this? Oh, interesting. I missed that. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. They didn't have an air date. They didn't have a premiere date. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, uh, I was under underwhelmed by the special. I thought for what it was aspiring to be, it was fine. But mm-hmm. I wish it had, it had inspired to be more. Because sure. it basically, it tracks the queens from January 2020 through to filming, which was in July of 2020. Right. Um, but it doesn't, it like barely mentions season 12 and season 12 didn't even premiere until February of 2020. So like, I know that they want to say focus on the season 13 Queens this is like part of their promotion for season 13. They're going to use it for Emmys for, I'm sure for season 13, but maybe you like, I don't know, instead of making it, a padded out a very padded 40 minutes without commercials maybe you make it like an hour and a half special and you also interview the season 12 queens a little bit about their experience of hey you know how the you get onto drag race and then you can instantly up your booking fees and all the tens of thousands of dollars you spent to get there you recoup from touring well we couldn't do any of that and also then we had to do the finale (laughs) In our homes, <laughs> like, there's a lot that they could have gotten, you know, talked about that would have been uh, very interesting. It would have been nice to get some of that perspective, and they don't do it. It would have been really nice to get some perspective from the production side of things. Not just yeah. the Queen's interactions with things, but, like, talk to the camera people. Talk to, like, like this is a show that usually has cameras in people's faces. And they, they showed the layout of the workroom and then they had really re- redesigned it, made it much larger so they could distance and they had certain areas where the cameras would be. So that everything would be spaced. And like, that was interesting, but I would have loved to hear from some of the camera people or crew people who have been on the show for a while, who have that and like, and how that inf- influenced like their job, their day to day. I would have loved to have them talk to Rue and Michelle and and the guest judges who have been on the show previously with what their experience was like this time versus the previous times. Uh, so I think there's just there was a lot of really interesting stuff they could have gone into. Like, what about their what about budget? Like, are there since they don't have they have like like three or four guest judges that they're cycling for the season, mm-hmm. um, then. Is that why they all of a sudden had budget for way, way uh, more, I guess, high, way more expensive lip sync songs? Like, 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 there's some interesting things that you could have really gotten into and they, they just didn't because um, they stayed so centered on the Queen's experiences. And I like that we got a lot of time with the eliminated Queens. So like they, it wasn't just focusing on whoever was still in it they they had lots of time talking with the first four queens to go home um mm-hmm. and i did like you know it's fine i enjoyed it is if you're not going to have an episode of drag race this was a you know 
perfectly adequate filler. Uh, but to go from <laughs> a nope, we're not we're gonna do a double save to to this when the next thing we all know is snatch game um, was really frustrating, I guess. So I would I think this would have been better as a preseason kind of yeah, but I guess I guess they yeah. they couldn't do it preseason because of the whole uh, the people yeah the the pork chop thing. Right. Yeah, I guess. But still, it, it just, I wanted more. I wanted more. Um, any questions or any I didn't thoughts? even watch it. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, no. Um, I told my partner that this is, she was like, she came back from the grocery store and was just like, do you want, can we watch Drag Race when I get back? And I just went, sure. It's the Corona episode. She just went, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is some interesting stuff in there. Like, apparently there was a worldwide lace front wig shortage during the Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. That's yeah. that's interesting. They just kind of mentioned like you couldn't buy lace front. There wasn't a, like you couldn't. And yeah. uh, they only had a month from finding out they were officially cast to when they had to go quarantine to make everything. Mm-hmm. And Oof, of course, at this yeah. time, this was June. Lots of places were closed. You couldn't go in person to fabric stores. You, ordering online, everything was super delayed in case people don't remember. Like, so talking about that aspect of thing, that was really interesting. But like, yeah, it just... And even just being on the show, they don't let you call home. So a bunch of the people on, in the cast have family members who are essential workers. Uh, like several of them have have like parents or or uh, significant others who are nurses or, or otherwise like you know in the midst of, the midst of things. And imagine you're gone for how depending on how long you're on the show, two weeks of quarantine, and then uh, however long you're on the show, yeah, before Plus. you get a phone back. To, to even just like let alone for your own mental health but just to call and be like hey are you okay mom yeah <laughs> you know that would there's an element of, of stress and trauma that it was nice to see highlighted that i wouldn't have thought of but in general like i wanted a lot more you can you can absolutely skip it <laughs> you can absolutely yeah. skip it wasn't gonna watch it so yeah yeah uh snatch game is solid it is uh not their best it is not their worst by a long shot um the overall average like performance i think is is good um even the people who were safe i thought did were better than average safe one of them was better than average for safe the other two were very much like the epitome of safe and the bottom queens are the correct people okay uh, you could argue about the top queens. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the safe, you could argue, should have been in the top. Um, but it was basically, like, there was a top four, I think. And then there was a middle two and the bottom three. Mm-hmm. So the the runway is good as well. There's one particular look I am very excited for us to talk about next week. And, okay. um, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I'm looking forward to it. Some of the, the best performances are... Performance you performances that you expect to be good and that which then are good in the way you expect them to be good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like a particularly thrilling or I think even all that memorable uh, snatch game. It's more of just like a solid, yep, good job, kind of B plus kind of snatch game. Which, as far as these things go. There are way thing, way worse ways the Snatch Game episode can go. So that's uh, true. I will look forward to our thoughts next week. Uh, our last episode here is Queen Sugar, late April 2020, and this I was surprised didn't devastate me yet. Right, which just tells me that it's coming. Yes, 
What'd yeah. you think? I think that you really do see the recalibration happening in this episode of we're figuring out what this what our new version of this season is in this episode. Um so it feels very kind of like a setup kind of episode, and I think that's fine. I think that that's necessary. But I also, for me, I agree with you that it was very much a, okay, we're only in April. (laughs) We have months ahead of us that things are going to get really, really bad. Um, And that make, that makes that up to my factor of concern for this, for like, not maybe May, but definitely by June, I'm going to be like, I'm very concerned about everything. Um, But on the whole, I liked how this episode depicted a couple of different things. I liked how what it did with Prosper and that kind of super isolated mindset and also Prosper's whole deal of needing the community. Like, mm-hmm. that's how Prosper functions, is being active in the community. He can't do that here. Which is why that little moment at the end with Nova is so meaningful. Exactly, listeners, Kate's like clutching her chest um because it's it's exactly what prosper needs yeah like yeah it's exactly what he needs it's how it's the thing that keeps him going basically is the community and cut off from that he really struggles and dramatizing that and i think in a really good and honest way i thought was really really great so i really liked that aspect of it um i also really liked ralph angel in this episode of his whole mentality around all of this of like everything's going to be okay. We're going to, it's a very like, I'm going to put good out into the universe and the good is going to come back kind of approach from Ralph Angel, which is not normally Ralph Angel's MO. Yeah. Um, but watching this all play out from, I'm glad I didn't harvest anything because it just means that I can just let all of this die and it's going to, the soil's just going to soak up all of it and it's going to be great next year. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, Ralph Angel, I have such bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But then getting that job at the nursing home as a janitor, and I'm going to hand this off to you in just a second because of what you wrote in the, um, in our show notes here, but him talking about Ernest and also talking, using what Charlie told Darla to do in the interview was just so good and so potent. I really, really liked it. So I think that there was a lot of good stuff in this episode that was setting up some stuff, but it was, I was also just like, I was kind of happy to have a little bit of a devastation relief because my partner came back from walking the dog and was just like, so did Queen Sugar make you cry? And I just went, it didn't. Probably next week though. (laughs) Not holding my breath, but probably next week. Um, So how did you feel about this? Yeah, it was, it was really like those, those, especially those two things you highlighted was really um, potent and effective. And like, talk, can we talk for a moment about the growth? The growth for Ralph Angel. Like mm-hmm. Ralph Angel season one, season two, like is not Ralph Angel season five. No. And like, oh. And it feels man. organic. Not that they rewrote yeah. the character entirely. Just no. this is where he is now. He's in such a better place. And like, it would have been dark if this had happened to him with where he was in season one or season two, it would have been mm-hmm. bad. Yes. Uh, and instead this grace that we see from him and now who knows how much of that, how long it's going to last. Right. Right. We all have our limits, but um, the invocation of Ernest, uh, they do it surprisingly frequently on the show. 
but in a way that feels very organic and appropriate for these characters. Like so many shows, uh, a character dies, a character leaves, and they aren't mentioned again because somebody like they don't know if the audience has seen those older episodes. So they don't want to reference something that other people might not get. And so even though it's like, like even something like Buffy, where they like, they mentioned their dead mom like a couple times, you know, Um, or, you know, like there, there's plenty of shows where that, where that's happened, where they just don't, they don't trust the audience to still have that connection. And even if you did, if even if this was the first episode that you watched, you would, I think those scenes would work. And I think it's because of the performances, but having like, just like that just, again, speaks so strongly of the writing, the direction and that performance of that character from season one that that, like every time they invoke Ernest, they get me, they earn it. It feels appropriate. It feels justified. It doesn't feel like he's being thrown up on some pedestal and like he was some paragon they but it does feel very very earned and i thought that like when when ralph angel is just going like oh yeah my my dad was was ernest bordelon and uh you don't apparently understand what that means yeah let me tell you what that means and like i learned many things from my father and dignity and work uh and and the you know the like dignity and in, in providing for your family and doing whatever you need to do to help them and to help other people is intrinsic, is like in my core, thanks to my father. And you, you never need to worry about me treating your, your residents with anything less than the dignity that they and all people deserve. It's like, oh, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. It's a, another beautiful Ralph Angel scene um, that again, he that would have been true in season one about Ernest. It would have been true in season two, but I think Ralph Angel, I think, I think right. He's like, he wasn't in a place to step into his father's shoes in this way until where he is now. And it's just a really beautiful thing to see. And yeah, some of the, some of his, um, some of his things that he was saying in this episode about, you know, we'll actually be okay, you know, because we've got some savings and at least we didn't spend to harvest like all these different stuff. Like some of that is, you know, telling himself it's going to be okay. Yes. Some of that. Right. But it also, it's, it's, it, and it's also him working very, very hard and really being very aware of Darla and her situation and her status as a recovering addict and, you know, to not add more stressors um, without taking on too much himself in that capacity, you know, to like right. protect yeah. or ma- manage her. But um, it, yeah, it, it's just it's a beautiful bit of character growth. And I can't, you know, I've been going on and on and on about it because it's really lovely. The stuff with Prosper I thought was terrific. Um, I'm, of course, very worried about Hollywood's mom. And... Uh, Everything with with Charlie and uh, and Micah, yeah. It's just gonna be so. It's gonna be really good uh, based on the preview, and then it's just gonna collapse real fast. <laughs> yep. And also, 
there's more coming with uh, the breakup and it's not her fault. Is what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know yeah. more, but it's, it's not, it's not, it's not Kiki. It's Micah is what yeah. I'm going to team, team Kiki is all I'm saying. Uh, any other thoughts on this episode? Um, as I texted you, I'm legitimately surprised that Ralph Angel knows what a Karen is just because mm-hmm. Ralph Angel is definitely not online, but I'm very impressed that he knew what a Karen was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else that I just kind of, that amused me, but I can't remember what it was. So, oh, the, the I really appreciated them mentioning the spottiness of the internet to their house. Yeah. I thought it was a really kind of good mention that's going to be like an issue going forward for sure. Um, there's a degree of didacticism to it with the whole, why isn't the state helping us with this? And it's just like, oh, sweet, sweet summer children. Um, But also, yes, no, the state should have been helping us with this, but yeah. Yeah. So I appreciated that mention about it. Anyway, that's all I've got. Um, So if that's all you've got, what won your week in TV this week? Um, I guess for me, uh, I'm giving it to Queen Sugar again. Uh, well, mm-hmm. really, I'm giving it to The Muppet Show. But... Yeah, no, I'm giving it to The Muppet Show, too. So we can yeah. both give it to The Muppet Show. Because, <laughs> like, this, this is fine, but, like, Muppet Show. Um, so now, speaking of, let's take a break. Listen to that all-timer of a theme song. Um, and be right back lights. <laughs> to talk about The Muppet Show. It's The Muppet Show with our very special guest star, Mr. Steve Martin. so amazing theme song to the muppet show which is now available streaming on disney plus um and let's just get this out of the way yes there is definitely some muppet show that is hashtag problematic uh and that is meaning it is racist and sexist absolutely that is the case i think you would be hard pressed to find pretty much any comedy show from i mean even any era history any era right that didn't have Oh, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we've talked about this with 30 Rock. We've talked about this with several shows. Um, I, For me, I, I'm able to put those episodes and those sketches and those decisions to one side and enjoy the rest of the show. If that's not the case for you, listener, I understand. I'm surprised you're listening to this segment, but I get it. Um, I, I had not seen any Muppet show, like I think at all, before this i'm of course very aware with of the muppets right i've seen plenty of the movies Mm -hmm. but it was interesting for me because it was there was definitely an adjustment period like the first i watched the first couple episodes you know that i that i checked out uh the first day and it was like jarring because i had only ever seen the muppets in long form oh okay sure 
So like the, it was like, I was like, oh, this is really like frenetic and this is really like jarring and everything's really short and like, I didn't expect it to be so goofy. I didn't expect it to, cause, cause the movies, because of the, the nature of like the form, they're a lot more sentimental. They're a lot more um, like, there's like arcing character stuff through them. Right. It's a very different energy. And, and, I, and so then I was, it was interesting. I was watching it. I was like done after just a couple. Uh, cause I, cause I get, I need to transition. Then the next day I watched like eight, <laughs> nine. <laughs> right. Then I, then from then on, it was fine. Once I like, I kind of did, but it, it was interesting because immediately I was like, well, of course, Kate, what did you think? It's a variety show. Yeah. I expected the guests to be a lot more present. Mm-hmm. I expected the episodes to be a lot more like guest driven as opposed to no they're in like two sketches they kind of just like you know do a sketch wave and then leave kind of maybe they do two i did not expect so much music i did not expect so many um numbers that are basic retreads of previous bits you know famous bits but then i was like okay but this is also airing at a time when we can't all just pull up (laughs) dvds of top hat (laughs) right so of you know, it's not like you can't just go on YouTube and watch Elton John perform his hits. So yeah. getting to see him perform a hit that you exactly like this is completely appropriate. And what a cool experience this must have been! Like it was neat watching it now, but it, like it's, it doesn't have the same impact. What an impact this must have had! Uh, so I was absolutely delighted with my time with the Muppet Show, and uh, look forward to watching more. And yeah, I think the pick a mix approach that we took, listeners, we like we looked up some lists of like best episodes and kind of drew from that. But then also just if there's somebody that you were, that you enjoy who hosted, just watch that one kind of thing. That's what we did. We both watched a bunch of episodes this week. Um, Yeah. So I, I was absolutely delighted and ended up coming away with this, like a much bigger fan of Kermit and like all these characters than it. Cause I, I liked them before, but now it's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm a Kermit. Like I'm not a Kermit, but like, I'm also definitely a Kermit. <laughs> like of which Muppet are you? Like well, the person with the clipboard, like trying to like, yeah, yeah. And there's probably some Miss Piggy ego in there. And there's probably some, uh, like there's some like the insecurity of Fozzie in there as well. Definitely. Like I, I wound up so much more, um, invested in these characters from this than from the long form movies that mm-hmm. uh, I was absolutely delighted. So thank you for getting me to watch the Muppet show. What was your experience like already having such a strong connection with the show and revisiting it? Right. So it was really, really great. Um, the show has like a really delightful history for me personally. Um, like I watched it uh, as a kid. Um, I watched it when I was like in my, late teens or something back when um it occasionally aired on the disney channel um every now and then so if you actually like pull up clips on youtube they're typically branded with disney channel in the background um and then i was just really i was one of those people who's really excited when disney acquired them really hoping that disney was going to use the muppets in a really aggressive way and then that has not really materialized um two movies and then some branding but they've made clear that they just don't care really to do anything with this particular IP. So I was really glad that they were at least working to secure the myriad of music rights that have to be secured to put the Muppet show on streaming because good Lord, 
I just kind of forgot the sheer number of pop songs, contemporary for then pop songs that are on the show, let alone... At least, like, one or two every episode. Yeah. Yeah. On top of, like, standards and stuff that they can just kind of do um, that are cheaper to secure the rights to than doing, like, My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, It's just (laughs) like, you have to pay Beatles money. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that there's a lot of that I was really glad to have it. And the other thing, and I'm going to tell an embarrassing, slightly embarrassing story here, is that the only way my parents could potty train me was to put the training potty on the floor in front of a Muppets rerun. (laughs) It was the only way I would sit down on it, was to watch the Muppets. (laughs) Hey, those parents who know the right motivation. Exactly, right? I got to watch Muppets rerun. And And also, I was going to say, it sounds like you were gaming the system as well, so tip the hat. Yeah, no. Exactly. So as a, as a, as a child, I was fine finding my good motivators basically. Um, but being able to go back and watch it now, um, with like a solid, like two decades, basically of more media saturation, more media consumption just really elevates a lot of this for me, as well as having a lot more media and television history as well. Um, just really made the show so much richer, but also made me appreciate the way in is in which that the Muppet show really does a deaf job of hailing multiple audiences without even looking like it's hailing multiple audiences. Um, so plenty of like weird, silly Muppet zaniness, but doing a backstage variety show. But then you get like friggin' Mark Hamill to be Luke Skywalker. You you get Madeline Kahn, you get Zero Mostel. Then you get Elton John. And your point about like having celebrities come on TV and do what you can't really afford to see them do, but they came to your house basically to do it. So you got to see Elton John perform. You got Steve Martin at the height of Steve Martin mania um, back in the early, in the mid seventies and just all these other really famous people that you normally wouldn't get to see in your home unless you had a bunch of movies or a bunch of whatever, especially with the singers, like just limited accessibility to see them perform. And it's just so cool, right? Like it's really, really exciting. And I just really appreciated just the ways in which that they find all those right tones so I really, really enjoyed going back to it, and I really appreciated that opportunity to really dig into, especially like some of the stuff that I'm sure bored the bored me to tears. Maybe like a lot of more the more dance centered numbers, even though they're all really good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I think that there's there's something in here for everyone. Um. The problematic stuff is still there. Um. Peter Sellers singing as a gypsy is terrible. Um, there's various other things. Um, the Rudolf Nureyev, uh, oh, I can never say his last Nureyev. name. Nureyev, thank you. Uh, Rudolf Nureyev episode is just terrific, but then also just skeezy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, that, that episode notably does not get a black card in front of it first, <laughs> which feels weird, but priorities, I guess, of sexual assaults, not sexual assault if it happens to hot Russian dudes. Um, well, it is. It's like, <laughs> if you think your baby is cold outside, hot take is uh, hot. It's like, well, they were doing it on the Muppets in the 70s. So oh, It's so good, though, is the thing. <laughs> the end of it is so good. But yeah, no, it's it's not great. Um, so I really, really, really like this. I really like going back to it. Um, 
like you said, we had watched a handful of episodes each. Like, I want to say we each did like 10 to 12, maybe 13 episodes. Um, what stood out to you? Any particular episodes stood out to you or any sort of trends that you noticed as you were watching? There were, because, you know, obviously paying attention to pop culture and media, there are plenty of Muppets references and stuff that I got that now I enjoy and appreciate. Mm-hmm. And like and bits that have popped up in movies and other, other things that I was like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's delightful. And I would have never guessed that I would be such a fan of Pigs in Space. Oh, the Pigs, Pigs in Space, Space is the best. It's great. <laughs> like, it, it, but it doesn't work <laughs> as a short thing. It works as a runner, as a runner across many, many episodes. And yeah. then it's delightful. Um, I also like Veterinarian Hospital. Oh. Absolutely. Same exact thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, I had seen little, like, shout outs to that in some of the different movies and stuff. It's mm-hmm. been like, why is this supposed to be funny? It's like, because it doesn't, the movie is not the correct format for it. Right. This is the correct format for it, and it really, really works. Um, and I, there was a, there's a bunch of stuff like that where, where the because this is just it's vaudeville. This is a vaudeville yep. show, yep. a complete loving uh, like invocation and like uh, just tribute to vaudeville. In and that real like in a way that I don't think would necessarily work now with right. with pacing of modern TV, which is why I think like the attempt that they did with the Muppets show was not going to work and didn't work. Um, but also I'll, Muppets tonight. Did you ever see Muppets tonight? I did not see Muppets tonight. Okay. Should I see Muppets tonight? Uh, Muppets tonight is their attempt to revitalize from the nineties. It's got Clifford who I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it more so as a late night show as opposed to a variety show. Um, I don't remember it super well. It was from like the mid nineties, like I want to say ninety six. Yeah, I did not uh, have cable at the time, so I was not watching it. Yeah, right. Um, and I think it's. Pr- I remember thinking it was pretty solid, um, but it definitely has that same format of sort of a late night variety show kind of deal um, with guests that occasionally pop on. But I think my recollection is that it kind of lacks the zaniness of um whatchamacallit of um the muppet show yeah well and just you know also being a performer being Mm -hmm. someone who has you know done my time in musical theater in pits and on stage and backstage right and like this just speaks to me (laughs) like the the personalities and the and the you know it's it's they capture all that so well and i think that's another part of it which is uh that that's not to say that I have anything against the the new puppeteers and voices of these characters, but I did see uh, after watching *Wish a Muppet Show*, I was he um, showed up on my you know found its way to my algorithm. So it was on YouTube, and there was like a um, wired autocomplete with with Kermit and Miss Piggy, and it just felt weird and wrong because mm-hmm. the voices are different, you know. And, and I think there is something not and there are those performers are fine; um, they do a good job. But it does it just feels that little bit off, right? And I think that there is something to the magic and the the chemistry of the the dynamics in the cast and in the uh, the puppeteers from the Muppet Show from that time who were working together. Who like it's completely seamless. Seamless. Like I don't know how how did they do all of those dancing scenes with all of those Muppets so close to each other and like. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing there must have been some forced perspective or something uh, to get so many puppets, like, moving past you and interact. Like, it's like, there need to be people passing each other for all of that, you know? And you just immediately buy into the world. They, they, so they, on a technical level, it's really impressive. On a writing level, it's really fun and, and zany and, and clever. And they also, on a comedy level set up and really execute all of these different running bits, very distinct types and personalities, you know, Scooter is his uncle who owns the theater, you know, like these different, you know, Robin, who's the nephew of, of Kermit and everything. It's satisfying on all of those levels. And then you take something like uh, just, just the un unashamed sincerity and beauty of something like it. It's not that easy being green, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I'm so glad I saw the episode that had that one because I always like, was like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, like, it's a nice song. Kermit's great and everything. Um, But like, it's no rainbow connection. And then you watch it in the context of the episode and you're like, okay, why am I crying? Oh my God. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Right. It's like, oh, I get it now. I get it. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong, guys. Uh, it, it, it just works in a way that it just doesn't outside of that context from yeah. just like the performance, the, like the little, not that, like you need more context, but like the, the, the little bit of a through line you get for the character in that episode. And then the way, the use of the settings and the, and the, the backdrops and the props and everything to really present such a, a beautiful and simplistic message in such a tight, narrow chunk of time. Yeah. Outside of the context of the Muppet show, it doesn't land the same way in the context of the show. It's just packs a wall up. So I, yeah, I get, I don't have enough good things to say about the Muppet show. There are too many. Yeah, no, there are, there's just too many things. But I think that one of the other things to kind of call out is one of the benefits of the Muppet show compared to like Muppets Tonight is TV and movie actors and singers were much poorer. (laughs) (laughs) So even though for a little while, the Muppet show really struggled to get people to come on um, because it involved the transatlantic flight because this shot in England, um, so anyone from the States had to fly over for a week and shoot and then go back to wherever they lived. And it wasn't until um, uh, Rudolph, say his last name again for me, please. Nureyev. Nureyev. Thank you. Nureyev. Until Nureyev came on, they actually had to struggle to get people. But Nureyev was such a big deal in the 70s that after he did the Muppet show, they didn't have any problems booking people anymore. Yeah. Which is wild when you think about the cultural landscape. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but also the, just the fact that they really seem to go out of the way to kind of tailor shows to work to their guest star. Even though your point about maybe the guest star isn't in it a lot, sometimes they are in it a lot. Um, like um, John Cleese is everywhere John in Cleese. his episode. It's immediately what I went to, yeah. Um, Carol Burnett is everywhere in her episode, and she's... She's playing against type in her episode. She's playing like this exaggerated diva version of Carol Burnett. And it's fucking hysterical. Um, Plus you get the um, Lonely Asparagus sketch, which is great. Um, But then the show just kind of adjusts itself to the performer's strengths, but also what they're interested in. So like Gilda Radner's episode, which is really, really funny, has her doing operetta with a talking carrot. (laughs) 
And it's very funny. Vincent Price does a lot of comedy horror type stuff. Um, Linda Carter mostly sings um, because Linda Carter still did like um, pop country music stuff. And so mostly she sings and dances. But Zero Mostel does like some really hilarious comedic um historic reenactment type stuff that's really 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 funny zero musto like the 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 thing with the the fears or whatever absolutely inspired so right good. exactly and but it also feeds into like M- mostel's sort of just general demeanor as well and he becomes an honorary monster muppet by the end which is just really sweet steve martin just does his stand-up and i think that the avenues in which they find space for those kinds of things speaks to a the flexibility of the show but b the ways in which the show adjusted itself for its guests while still remaining really really true to what it wanted to be as the Muppet show. Um, And now I'm going to blow your mind just a little bit. When you're talking about like the sheer technicality of all the Muppet stuff that they do across the show, um, it's important to remember that the Muppet movie and uh, the great Muppet, uh, which one was the second? Great Muppet Caper? The great Muppet Caper. They had to shoot both the show and the movies at the same time. Oh, wow. For the Muppet movie, which was 79, so that's season three, and the Muppet Caper came out in 81, so they had to be in production in in the second to last season of the show. Wow. Yeah, exactly! (laughs) Exactly! Like, the sheer amount of work to put together two movies, plus do 20-something-odd episodes... It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, well, and like with, you said, like limited puppeteers, Muppeteers doing multiple characters too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's just a lot of like the sheer amount of work that they had to do for it. And they've talked about how like um, Henson and Oz, and I think uh, a couple of other folks had talked about how doing a year on Saturday Night Live was the, all the training they needed to put on the Muppet show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just so good and so rich of a show that you just, like you said, you just had to remember that you couldn't pull up and see a top hat riff without having top hat, top hat at your disposal, basically. Yeah. And in the seventies, um, you didn't have a VHS, right? Yeah. Probably. You probably didn't have a VHS. You probably didn't have a VHS. You may have, if yeah. depending, but you, if you, you were an early adopter. <laughs> yeah. And you may not have had access to like top hat. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of really, like I was saying, there's a lot of like ways to hail people that this show does really, really well. Um, and it's just really, really funny. So were there any like particular sketches that stood out to you aside from pigs in space? What did you think about the ball, the, the ball, dan- the ballroom dancing? Um, oh, I loved it. It was so, it was so fun. It's one of my favorites. I love yeah. it. You don't expect, I mean, like, again, as the, the first time it pops up, it's like fine. Um, but yeah. then it becomes a runner and it's delightful. And like, I also like speaking of things I didn't anticipate, you know, I'd already talked about the pacing, but it's really, it's frenetic. Yes. There, it's like a 30 second set like here. And then like a minute long thing there. Like you're accustomed. I'm accustomed even in sketch comedy to at the minimum, like two minute long things. Mm-hmm. And like, like those dancing scenes will be just like 20 seconds. Some seconds. of them. I mean, like the Rita Moreno yeah. bit is like a solid. Oh no, like, I mean, for... I mean, like the ballroom dancing. Oh, the ballroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's just like a few lines back and forth. 
the, the, the dance sequences, that's a different thing. Like the Juliet Prowse, I really liked. Uh, the Rita Moreno, the posh dance, right? It's like a Swine Lake just long. slaps, man. Swine Lake is terrific. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's like, there's just, there's a special joy in, did you know your favorite can also sing and can also yes. dance, right? And there's a lot of it. Like Cloris Leachman has a lovely voice, which mm-hmm. I did not know about. Um, and, and like, obviously you expect the singers, but like, there's lots of you who go on the Muppet show to sing and dance and, you know, have fun as is a fun, like subplot of, uh, with, uh, the Nereev episode, uh, the, the Sam, the Eagle, I now get Sam, the Eagle. <laughs> yes. I was going to bring up Sam before we wrapped up because I love Sam, the Eagle anyway. Like I love just what a big buffoon he is, but he's so good and important on this show. He's such an important foil. You need a heel and he's the heel. (laughs) Right. Because Kermit's the foil for literally everyone else, but Kermit needs his own foil and it's Sam the Eagle. (laughs) I'm so glad this helped make Sam the Eagle make sense because without this, Sam the Eagle's just a big stick in the mud and you don't really understand why he hangs around. But he gets recontextual. He's still a stick in the mud and he's terrible because he just wants culture. He's so disappointed by Nureyev. So <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just because uh, there weren't any recurring sketches that I didn't enjoy. There mm-hmm. are one-offs that I wanted way more of. I wanted sure. way more of that, uh, the reporter. <laughs> that was great. Uh, what, the, the reporter? The reporter who was like coming to do a story of on the show and no matter what they said, turns it into a hot take headline. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, and like you know, so like there, there were there were characters like that where I was like, oh man, you are delightful. Please stay. And then they don't, you know, because they're and frankly they're probably better off as like short little bits of seasoning. But there, I mean, I don't think there's a single recurring bit that I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's hard for me to point to ones that I liked more than the others. Because I, it does, it's a very, at least based on the bunch of episodes I watched, it's a very balanced show. Yeah. And they, they don't go back to the wells too often. They, they you know, they, they hit on their recurring segments, but they are either short enough or they are, uh, they are infrequent enough that they don't get ground into the ground. Really, yeah. like, there's still new things and fun things they can do with them and they, they just keep things moving they just keep it moving that's the, the trick yes um, exactly and it, it's really effective how about you did you have a, a favorite sketch like i've already talked about discovering and being like oh that's why everybody loves it so it's not so easy being green got it okay i'm like you know how many years almost 50 years behind but i got there <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like Muppet Newsflash with the Muppet Newsman, um, is one of my favorites. Um, I, let's see, what else? Um, I, despite not being a huge fan of Dr. Teeth, I really like Electric Mayhem, um, in these, in the Muppet Show. Um, I like the covers. I like when they do classics covered by Dr. Teeth. Like when they um, did so, the Baccarini Minuet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just doing weird things like that. Again, like that weird merge of high and lowbrow culture that the Muppets are uniquely positioned to be able to do because they're doing vaudeville variety, but also they're just like, we can also do this. And the ways in which that they really find those, find that sweet spot, I think is really, really great. Um um let's see what else is there um ralph at the piano i think is always really really good 
Um, both just in kind of, it's a breather from everything, even like the backstage stuff. And I think Ralph is an underappreciated Muppet. Um, even if he's not my favorite, he's like among like the underappreciated group. Um, so I really enjoy when we get like a little bit of him at the piano. Well, and they're um, always great pieces that he's playing. Right, and, exactly. And well played. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that, um, I will say that I've forgot, both my partner and I had kind of forgotten about this, um, is the Swedish chef, we both forgot that he has human hands (laughs) on the Muppet (laughs) show. And it's deeply disturbing and I don't care for it. I try to Um, not notice it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I try to like filter that bit out and like make them be felt in my brain. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but. And apparently that was a mistake, but like. I don't think it would have worked any other way because so so often they're actually like doing things with like food, like actual food, like trying to yes. keep it clean would have not worked. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, it is disturbing. Yeah. So those were those were some of my runner. Those were some of the recurring bits I liked. Um, if some folks were going to seek this out because they should. Um, absolutely. What episodes would you encourage of what you watch? Would you encourage them to watch? All of them. Um, that's not helpful. <laughs> um, I would, I would say, I think some of the more accept again the the advice that you gave me and that uh, I already mentioned of find a star you like uh-huh. and watch those ones. I yeah. think is a really smart way to go. Um, I think of the ones that I watched, the more accessible ones are going to be your John Cleese. That one really stood out. Um, but if you don't like John Cleese, don't watch it. Yeah. Um, I he think, can be kind of a jerk, so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I have no interest, as someone who greatly respects his comedic contributions uh, over the decades, I have no interest in his current thoughts on world politics, anything. shall we say. Yeah. yeah. Really anything. Comedy, any of it. Uh, cancel culture, yeah. Um, but uh, I will say that's a really, that's a really solid episode. Uh, if you want to just listen to music the elton john one i think is really good i would never i would never have guessed the nereev one i would because i'm not familiar with him uh, but i think that's actually a really strong episode um and yeah i guess i'll go with those ones but i mean i i was delighted by pretty much all of the ones that i that i watched so yeah like because the ones that had the single like there are certain sketches that i think really stand out mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily the whole episode isn't as consistent maybe or sure. where it's like it's a good episode but then like there's one sketch that's really good mm-hmm. um and that's sort of how i feel about several of these yeah like the zero mustel or the peter sellers or like some of these different ones uh, i have a fond place in my heart for george burns so i enjoyed sure. his yeah. you know um but like i was surprised how much i enjoy the juliet prouse who's a ballerina. I was surprised uh, how much I enjoyed the Edgar Bergen, uh, who is, uh, uh, was, is Candace Bergen's uh, dad, but a ventriloquist. Uh, Cloris Leachman is a really good one because that's the one where the entire show gets taken over by pigs. And there's a pig right. I didn't watch that one, but yeah, that's right. I forgot about that bit. Yeah. And there's like a whole like sub runner thing. What about you? Which one stood out to you this time? Um, so Cleese, obviously, um, the Nureyev episode is great. Um, um, I really like the Alan Arkin one, even though it's kind of silly. I like it actually for the Alan Arkin of it. Um, mm-hmm. he accidentally drinks the, the ultra Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde potion. 
Oh no! So he starts like just the, his. He does a like a quick song and dance number, or like a song number, um, jazz kind of a lounge uh, number. But for most of the episode, he's transforming between Alan Arkin and Mister Hyde, um, and the potion just keeps getting passed around. Um, it's very funny. Um, the Carol Burnett episode, as I alluded to, is just really ridiculously good. Like, I really strongly recommend the Carol Burnett episode. It's in, like, the last season of the show. But it's really, 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 really funny. Um, and she is a performer that is perfectly calibrated to the Muppets. Um, and I do want to encourage folks to also seek out the Gilda Radner episode, because... The escalation of that episode that happens about halfway through, and I don't want to spoil it, but it involves Muppet Muppet Labs, which is also a really good runner once they introduce it, um, is just really, 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 really funny. And her closing number is hilarious. Like, I can't stress to you how much fun my partner and I had watching the closing number of the Gelder Rada episode. It's really, really, really funny. Um, and the only other thing I'll shout out is the Mark Hamill episode is fine, but it's weird to watch their <laughs> final number be the Muppets and the Star Wars characters seeing When You Wish Upon a Star as a gothic version of the Disney castle rises up behind them, <laughs> given how all of it turned out for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Come real on. weird watching that from on 1981 and going... Huh. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. No, I think that there's a lot of good stuff to watch. um, But you should watch all of it. Um, We should note that two of the episodes are not available because they weren't able to secure the music rights. So Brooke Shields episode, and then I forget who the other uh, performers episode is, but they weren't able to secure music rights for it. So these aren't on here. Um, so So that's why. If you were a big fan of the Brooke Shields episodes, I apologize. Brooke Shields episode, I apologize. Um, I don't remember the Brooke Shields episode, so I have no recollection of it. But it's still really good. Um, the only episode I watched that I didn't really enjoy was the Raquel Welch one. Um, because they just couldn't figure out anything to do with Raquel Welch other than, hey, isn't Raquel Welch hot? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, yeah. she is. What else are we gonna do? Nothing. Also, we're not gonna do uh, anything. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna do it. Okay, I guess. I mean, it's just a very flat episode, and they started with a whole thing of she's gonna try to do something really different, and then she does nothing different. Um, I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. But she's she's got a really cute little song with Fozzie that's very very good. Um, but it's it's a very flat episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's you know, a hit-to-miss ratio. It's yeah, no, you've got a hit-to-miss ratio. You've got like 120-something episodes. You're going to have a couple of not-good episodes. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute uh, treat and joy, so thank you, Noel, for having us watch The Muppet Show. Listeners, reach out with your favorite uh, episodes and sketches and characters and all of that. I uh, look forward to hearing people's thoughts on The Muppet Show. Now that I'm finally like in the loop, <laughs> now that I fully, well, not fully, but much more versed than I was, um, so yeah, it was an absolute treat this week. A few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post of this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can email us at televerse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. And we're also over on Apple Podcasts with an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. We're also over on Stitcher. We'd appreciate ratings and reviews in both places. Um, you can find my write-ups of the uh, the current season of Drag Race over at the AV Club. And then we are both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse and Noel, you are? 
at Noel RK. Thank you so much for a great week this week, Kate. That was too many weeks. Ah! Was doing- We're doing Muppet Arms, waka. guys. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Stadler and Waldorf. Like we didn't talk about Stadler and Waldorf. We didn't talk about Menomina, which is just like just like that's in the, I think that's in the Juliet Prowse episode, right? Just it is, like yes. God tier, like so good. Just like mm-hmm. completely random. It's so good. Uh so many lovely Muppety viewings this week. Um thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse. Mm-hmm.